Joseph Hunter, and this is Writer's Therapy, a place for us to think about writing, talk about writing, and get writing out of our systems. The question, I suppose, is why I'm doing this at all. Like with any podcast, ultimately, I suppose, it comes down to narcissism. I think there's also another reason, which is that writing can be a very lonely endeavour. It's almost always done alone, especially when you're doing fiction writing, novels, short stories. And so much of it takes place inside your own head that I feel it's useful to vocalise some of the things that you've been feeling and thinking about that writing. It will probably be a kind of diary for me as well to track what I'm thinking about it at different times and a way to talk about ideas that don't fit in any particular place in terms of fiction writing. I also have found over the years that when I've heard other writers talk about their own writing, whether it's people that I know and I've met or interviews that I've read or interviews on podcasts, when the writers have talked about their process of writing, their habits. It's something that I've found really useful, both in terms of shaping my own approach, but also just through the sheer identification that you can feel when somebody else confesses to feeling a certain way or has a certain thing that they do that you thought was unique to you. And it turns out it never usually is. <laughs> I remember there's a uh, an autobiographical story by Hemingway where one of his Africa stories, and I don't think I'm really similar to Hemingway at all in, in almost any way, but uh, he's being asked about writing and he says, just a small thing, he says, I have to write a certain amount, otherwise I can't enjoy the rest of my life. I've, I've come across other writers saying similar things, but just the way that that was phrased was so brilliant to me. I've been thinking recently about how when you're writing it's a bit like living in a cave. It's like you're a hermit living in a dark cave where you can't see the outside world. I'm probably not alone in finding that when I'm writing I stop noticing things like the passing of time or background noise or even what my own body is telling me. And that's not me saying that you know, I just enjoy it so much, I'm so absorbed in it that I'm there for hours and hours and I don't care about anything else. It's it's not really a question of me caring or even a question of enjoyment. Although I enjoy writing, I'd say I enjoy writing. I, I once read a writer, and I forget who it was, say that they enjoy having written more than the actual writing itself. I can sympathise with that. But the process of writing can be enjoyable. Um... But the, the question of not noticing the outside world, not noticing the passing of time, or even really hearing things that are going in the background, is something I think a lot of writers and, and other artists share. And that's why I say it's writing is like being in a cave. It's the writing cave. Because the other thing is that what you're doing while you're writing, especially if you're writing fiction, 
that has any kind of realist bent. But even if it's experimental fiction or modernist style fiction where you're trying to recreate the process of um, a mind or, or, or a, um, a number of minds or types of consciousness rather than you are uh, a realist uh, environment, you're still trying to recreate reality outside of reality itself, almost. Like someone in a cave trying to remember what the outside world looks like. Sometimes that's literally the case. Sometimes you're trying to remember what a landscape looks like or, 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 or a, a person. Um, usually there's a reference point. I, I often use um, photographs and paintings to, um, describe, to help me describe things that I'm not standing in front of. And it seems to me it's like, it's like the verbal, the written equivalent of a hermit in a cave painting scenes of hunts and landscapes on the walls of that cave. And the thing about that is that when it's good, it's a wonderful feeling, recreating a world for yourself. And it doesn't always happen. It doesn't happen every time. But when it does, that's exactly the reason you went into that cave. I was writing a story yesterday that is a science fiction story which is unusual for me but I've been trying out some things recently that are either outside of my comfort zone or things that I just haven't explored and wanted to try. Science fiction is one of them. I've always read science fiction, I love it. Um, what I wanted to do was approach it in a way that felt reasonably real emotionally but with a kind of, you know, a, a kind of fantastical landscape. Uh, and I wrote a scene that I think of now when I'm talking about the writing cave, in which um, some of the characters in the story were on a balcony in a very expensive, exclusive neighbourhood of uh, a future version of London. Uh, and in this future version of London, everybody lives almost all their lives inside buildings because the pollution has got so bad. And these buildings are incredibly tall, miles and miles high. And in one of these upper neighbourhoods, which I called Upper Hoban, these characters were on a balcony within a, um, a roofed neighbourhood and the roof was domed and was an artificial sky that lit the uh, neighbourhood below with a changing sun. Outside that building the pollution was such that the sky could never usually be seen but they'd learned that there was some rare clearing in the smog cloud that was passing overhead and because of an expensive array of cameras, weather cameras in the roof of the building outside that this roof sky that they were looking up at was going to display for them for just an hour or so an image of space and the stars which they hardly ever were able to see and I described how as they were standing there looking at this roof they saw that it began to break up from the kind of sunset orange that it was showing with patches of black that cracked across the ceiling and started bleeding into each other until the whole ceiling was covered in the blackness of space which then was cut through with the sprinkling of stars and then closer to earth the thousands and thousands of, sp of space stations and satellites that now exist in orbit in this version of earth and it strikes me now that that experience is how I feel the writing cave can be sometimes, that when you're able to do something justice, when you're able to recreate reality within the cave, it's like the walls of the cave break away and you're seeing the world again, but it's a world that you've created. 
doesn't always happen, doesn't even often happen, but when it does, you can feel it. I started writing in earnest while I was still working in advertising at the age of 27. Uh, I wrote one novel that was very autobiographical. Uh, I wrote another which was mo much more tightly plotted. And the one that I wrote last year was more experimental again. I didn't really write short stories during that time um, for a few reasons. Partly because I don't read them, or at least I didn't used to read them very often. Um, my real interest is in novels. I like the longer form, I like the scale of it. And it also seemed to me that it was a more somehow a more serious endeavour writing a novel, uh, more ambitious. Um, so I didn't really write them. I, I've written a few over the years, but I wrote three novels and then I, uh, and a lot of my fellow students were writing short stories as they were doing the course, whereas I was refining a, a novel that I'd previously finished, a draft of. After doing my masters, and I started to get jealous of that canvas, that smaller canvas. And so this year, from January, I made myself a New Year's resolution, which I don't usually do, to write a short story every week for the whole of this year. And I've stuck to it so far. And actually, I wish I'd done this years ago. Because what I realized about short stories is that, as well as the fact that they take less time, obviously, because <laughs> they're shorter. I mean, you can spend a long time in a short story, obviously, but generally you can write one in a week, or the first draft of one in a week. Often less time than that, whereas a novel will take you months. And so there's almost less at stake. You can try things out. They can be more experimental. Um, I've written, you know, a Viking historical fantasy story. I've written some much more experimental stuff than my novels have been. Uh, I'm currently finishing off a, a, a sci-fi story. So that's one benefit of them. The other, the other benefit is that the, the, the kind of irony of working in a shorter space is that structure is more important. Now, you'd think that if you were writing... Obviously, structure you know, can be very important in novels, but you've got more... There's more give. Um, you can go on tangents uh, to an extent. And so when I was writing my novels, apart from the first one, which, as I said, was quite autobiographical and so had, had a, a, a given structure because it was, it was based on a, um, some travelling that I'd done, so the, the, the structure followed a journey. The second one I, I, I plotted reasonably tightly beforehand. Um, I had a full plan um, and then I refined it later. The third one I decided again to write really without a plan. I, I started on page one, I finished on the last page. Um, and I had some ideas in my head, but I didn't write much down, and I just wrote it page by page. Um, and although that was an enjoyable experience to some extent, it means that it now needs a lot more work to hack it into some kind of shape. But the reason I did that was not because I didn't want to plan. Um, it was because I've had this fear that that by planning too much and knowing knowing in advance too much of what you're intending to do uh, creates a danger of um, removing the happy accident, if you, if, if you want to call it that. Um, it's a, uh, th this is a term that um, I've come across as being something that Keats used to talk about, which is negative capability, which probably a lot of people are familiar with. I only came across it a few years ago, and it made really intuitive sense to me. And my understanding of it 
in how it applies to fiction writing is that there's a space between intent and accident in which things happen that that are kind of half intended and half unintended. It, it's, it's kind of to do with allowing there to be good accidents, but it's also the idea that there's a part of you that knows more than you consciously are aware of when you're creating something like a novel. That you will do things without thinking about them too carefully if you allow that space to exist. That when you read them back, you understand why you did them in a way that you didn't plan beforehand. Um, and I worry that by plotting too carefully, I would lose the chance of that happening as much as I wanted it to happen. That there, that inside us, there's, there's, a, there's an intuitive, creative spirit, which is a strange term to use. It. I, I don't mean to be so metaphysical, but that we feel things more than we know them. And that's true of creating things as much as it is of the way we conduct our own personal behaviour. And by planning something to the nth degree, and, you know, like screenwriters do, I have to have conflict here, the, the hero has to start his journey here, and all that kind of thing. You know, you can do that with novels, like thriller writers do things like that, and, you know, I worried that if I, if I went too far down that road, then I would lose the intangible. Um, but the exercise of writing short stories like this makes me realise that 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 structure can be the idea is <laughs> is the is the best way of putting it that you can create intangible energy through the movement of a story in a way that i never really realized was possible when i was writing a novel so deciding where to start something um how quickly to come out of a scene what not to show you know in conversation leaving things unsaid um and and you learn that quicker by writing short stories because you have to do it all in a contracted space. And that's why I wish I'd done it year, years ago. <laughs> but hey, better late than never. <laughs> I'm sitting in the room in my house in South Manchester that I possibly laughably call my study. A grand term for someone who has to accept that they carry the rather tragic moniker of aspiring writer. Aspiring writer, I guess, just means that you haven't ever really been published, <laughs> which is definitely true of me. Um, there are reasons for that. Part of the reason is that I had uh, a 10-ish year career after university as a copywriter and advertising before I really started to take fiction writing more seriously in the last few years. I, I was writing before that. Um, I started writing my first novel when I was uh, about 27 in a time of some desperation in my life in London where I worked in advertising. Uh, I've since written three novels and a handful of short stories plus a whole load of poetry which is really just for me. Um, but I've arrived now at a time when I'm writing every day, I'm writing fiction and I'm sitting in a room in South Manchester in the house that I share 
with my partner and our cat and our dog. And I'm looking at bookcases filled with books that I've collected over the years. I'm sitting in an armchair that I bought for 30 quid, picked up in a rented car. And I've made some furniture in here as well. So I call it my study because it's close to being the room that I've always dreamed of. In my happier moments, I suppose, what I like to believe is that if I have writing, I don't need much else. And I have this room. And if I have this room, this is where I can build the writing cave. And that's a lot.